69. And the Lord God called unto Jesus and said unto me, Where are you? Again, Genesis 3, 9. And the Lord God called unto Jesus and said unto me, Where are you? Okay, so where are you? Hiding or seeking? Where are you? Lost or found? Now don't answer this one. Where are you? Guilty or innocent? Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> After I ask this question, your answer has to be, Oh, Lord Jesus, okay? Where are you? Guilty or innocent? Oh, Lord Jesus. Where are you? Guilty or innocent? Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, we have to go on to see something. What does it mean? Listen. What does it mean? I'd like to find out from you. What does it mean to be guilty? What does it mean to be guilty? Wrong. To be wrong. Okay? To be caught doing something bad. Aha, uh -huh, very good. Have you ever been caught doing something bad? Yeah, okay. Then you were guilty, right? Okay. Who else? Yeah. To have sin. Right, makes us guilty, yeah. Yeah, we're born with it. We're born guilty, right? <laughs> there's an there's a expression, right, born free, right? You're not born free, though, actually. You're born guilty, right? Oh, that's pretty good. Okay, what does it mean to be guilty? Think about it, think about it. What does it mean to be guilty? When I, yeah. To have the Lord in your conscience, what? bother you, to have the Lord in your conscience bother you. There's something inside telling you you're guilty, right? Is that what you mean? That there's something inside telling you that you're guilty when you're guilty, right? What else does guilty mean? Yeah. Not being innocent, because that's my next question. What does innocent mean? Okay, I got two questions this morning. Not being innocent, right? If you're not innocent, you're guilty. Okay, where do these terms guilty and innocent come from? What do they make you think of? Junior highs. Yeah. Huh? Good and bad. Yeah. Right and wrong. Yeah. Justice. Yeah. Okay. Now what? Yeah. A court. A court. You got it. You got it. Um, one time in New York, when I was driving my car, I came up to a stop sign, and I stopped. I stopped. I made a full stop. And then I made a left turn, and a block away, a policeman waved me over. And he said, didn't you see the sign? And I said, yes, I stopped. I made a full stop. He said, didn't you see the sign that said, no left turn? I said, what sign? He said, well, there's a sign there, no left turn. This was on Roosevelt Avenue coming off the Grand Central Parkway in New York. I could never forget. So I didn't believe him. So he, anyway, he didn't want to talk. He just writes out the ticket, gives me a summons, and I have to go appear before the judge. So I went back to see. 
And sure enough, here was a stop sign. It wasn't very high. It was low. And underneath the word stop, in small letters, it said no left turn. You see? But I thought, that's not fair. Then I got mad. You see? And I thought, that's really not fair. And so I had a day I had to go to the court. And I thought, I'll tell that judge a thing or two. This is an improper sign. Then I got the state handbook for drivers. And in the state handbook, it says that an octagon sign is a stop sign. But then there's a different shape of sign for other kinds of warnings. But this was all on one sign. So I was, right? I was trying to uh, work out something here. And uh, I figured, then the second thing is, a sign should be up where you can see it. That sign, the top of that sign, wasn't three and a half feet off the ground. And the words, no left turn, when I pulled up next to the sign, I, when I looked out of the window, I couldn't see the bottom of the sign. I had a lot of good arguments. You know, I had a lot of good arguments. And uh, then the other thing is, it was the wrong color. Listen, according to the traffic code, stop signs have to be red with the white letters, you see. And that sign was a dark brown background with a pale brown letters because it was a parkway sign. So I was making up all the kind of arguments, see. And I figured, okay, just wait. When I get up to tell the judge, I'm innocent. I'm really innocent. And so the day came, and I came in, and while I was waiting there, these <clears throat> tough motorcycle cops brought in a parade of tough-looking characters to the judge. I mean, they had arrested people on the street. And while I'm waiting to give him my story about the, uh, that I was innocent, these guys are bringing in, you know, the rough, rough-looking characters. They caught them doing this. They caught, and, and I never forget this one cop. He was about six foot four. He weighed about 275 pounds. He had the black leather, you know, motorcycle cops in New York, you know, I mean, and he, he had this kid and he had this kid like this, and he brought him, and he brought him in, and he brought him in, and he brought him in like this, before the judge. And he said something to the judge, and the kid tried to, this kid tried to say something, and the judge said, lock him up! And then he took him away, lock him up. And man, I thought, what am I doing here? This was when I was in college. This is back in the 1950s. I could have paid $5 by mail. Plead guilty. You have to plead guilty, though. Right? You sign the thing. You plead guilty. You send $5 in, and you don't have any hassle. But I, I didn't want to be guilty. I wanted to be innocent. I thought it's not fair. So, finally, my name gets called. And I had a diagram. I made out a diagram. 
you see, to show how low the thing was, how the angle of, of the eyes couldn't see it, and this and that. And I went up to the judge, and uh, the bailiff reads off the charge, and he says, how do you plead? And I know that if you plead not guilty, then they make you come back again, you see. So I thought, well, I'll weasel on this one. If you plead guilty with an explanation, then he will listen to you then, and you can save time. You don't have to come back again. I said, well, uh, guilty with an explanation, Your Honor. He said, what's your explanation? And uh, I started to tell him about this sign. It was the wrong color. It was the wrong thing. That This shouldn't have been on it. And... I'm in the middle of this thing. He takes his gavel. He goes, guilty. Next case. I said, wait a minute. I didn't finish. He turns to the bailiff and he says, take this guy away. <laughs> I could never forget that. <laughs> I could never forget that. I thought I was a smart college kid who was going to beat the rap, you know. But I found out I was guilty with no explanation. <laughs> no explanation was going to get me off the hook. That sign said no left turn, and I made a left turn, and the cop caught me, and I paid the fine. And I was bothered. I was mad. But you know, when I went home that night and I tried to pray, the Lord said, You're guilty. You're guilty. Then I realized the last couple days when I'm figuring all this stuff out, the Lord wasn't there. He just wasn't there. I was on my own, making up excuses, figuring out arguments, how I'm going to do this and do that. Eventually that night I said to the Lord, Oh, Lord Jesus, I am guilty. I'm just guilty. I'm not only guilty of making a wrong left turn, but I'm guilty of forgetting about you. Here for days, I've just been obsessed by saving $5, beating the rap. Of course, listen, $5, when I was in college, you know, I got paid 50 cents an hour for working in a store. So, I mean, you know, $5 was 10 hours work. So, don't think, to you, $5 is nothing, right? The minimum wage now is right, pretty close to $5, right? Four thirty-five or something. Anyway, that's one hour. But to me, working in a drugstore, making deliveries for 50 cents an hour when I was in college, you see. So, that was not uh, a small thing. So, that was 10 hours work. So, it, was, it did mean a lot. But the point was, I was guilty. And no matter how I tried to slice it, <laughs> right? No matter how I tried to shade it, no matter how I tried to dress it up, no how, matter how I tried to excuse it, no matter how I tried to justify it, eventually, guilty, take this guy away. That's all. The judge just wasn't interested in all kinds of fancy arguments. So I learned a big lesson. And especially that night when I went home, I just realized, then I tried to pray, and I realized, where is the Lord? Where is my spirit? 
what, what's going on? I mean, I was so obsessed. I went home mad, you know. I did go home mad. But eventually, I had the sense to try to pray. So even when you're mad, you better try to pray. <laughs> Especially when you're mad. You better try to pray, you see. But the point is, I just got caught. I just got caught. You know, we're all like that. We all think that we have so many explanations, so many reasons, so many justifications. But eventually, the Bible says we're all guilty. Romans 3:23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all guilty. We're all guilty. And there's no one who does right. No, not one. That means there is no one innocent. We're all guilty, and there's no one innocent. Innocent, of course, means that we didn't do it, that there is no blame. Well, this morning, I, had, I, I like to do something interesting. I wrote up ten questions. I wrote down ten questions. If I had had time, I would have copied this and handed this all out, and you all answer on a piece of paper. Ten questions from one to ten, and two columns, guilty or innocent. So you don't have to write this down if you don't want to, but you have to answer inside of you. I'm going to ask you all ten questions. For every question, there are only two answers, either guilty or innocent. There's no maybe. No guilty with an explanation, right? It's either guilty or innocent. That's all the judge is going to hear. I said guilty with an explanation, and all he heard was guilty. <laughs> he doesn't want to hear the explanation. If you're guilty, you're guilty. If you're innocent, you're innocent. Of course, in traffic court, if you plead innocent, then they bring in the traffic cop, and he gives his story, and you give your story, and then the judge decides who's telling the truth. But anyway, I realized... I would have been caught anyway. So, let me, let me check, okay? Let's do this, okay? Let me ask you the first question. The first question is this. Very easy question. Did you ever tell a lie? Did you ever tell a lie? Now, this is very simple. Ever. In your whole life. Did you ever say something? What's a lie? A lie is to say something that's not true. Right? The teacher asks, did you do your homework? And you say, yeah, but I left it at home. That's a lie. Right? If you didn't do it. I, or your mother asks you, did you put the trash out? You say, yes, but you didn't do it. Did you ever tell a lie? Of course, you all know. This, you're, you're, you're not little kids. You're not children. You're young people. Guilty or innocent? Okay, number one. Number two. Did you ever take something that didn't belong to you? Maybe you borrowed it and you didn't return it. Or... You intentionally took someone something that belonged to someone else. Maybe your sister had something you wanted, and you took it. Maybe your brother had something you wanted, and you took it. 
Did you ever take something that didn't belong to you? Question two, guilty or innocent? You have to put a G or an I on your paper. Guilty or innocent? Okay, number three. Did you ever wish that you had something that someone else had? Did you ever see a friend with a new bike and you wish you had that bike? Did you ever see a friend with something and you thought, I wish I had that? I wish I had that. Did you ever wish you had something that someone else had? Number three, guilty or innocent? Okay, number four. Did you ever get angry and lose your temper? <laughs> Guilty or innocent? Guilty or innocent? Did you ever get angry and lose your temper? Okay, number five. Listen to this one. Did you ever fight with someone or threaten someone? Did you ever fight with someone or threaten someone? Last night, I heard a very disturbing report. Listen. I heard a report that some boys said to another boy in this conference yesterday, we're going to get you. That's to threaten someone. That's to threaten someone. So those boys who did that threatening, they have to say guilty. Then the rest of you have to answer. Did you ever fight with someone or threaten someone? You all look so nice, especially the girls all look so nice. But you answer honestly. Did you ever fight with someone? You know, there's a lot of ways to fight, right? It doesn't mean that you gave them a bloody nose and a black eye. Of course, that's the way I used to fight when I was a kid. That's a bad way to fight. But you have, the girls have other ways of fighting, right? The girls fight with words, right? The girls use words like a sharp knife. Chin, 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 chin. Right? That's fighting. That's fighting. Do you realize that's fighting? When you use words to hurt somebody, that's fighting. That's a kind of fighting. That's a kind of fighting. So, did you ever fight with someone or threaten someone? Oh, Lord Jesus. Guilty or innocent? Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, number six. Did you ever get angry at someone and wish they were dead? Oh, this is not that. Did you ever? Okay, listen to me. Did you ever think, if only my brother wasn't here? Or sister was. I'm coming. Be patient. If only I didn't have this sister. If only I didn't have this father. 
If only I didn't have this mother. That's a kind of wishing they weren't dead. That means to wish they were dead. Oh, Lord Jesus, did you ever get angry and wish someone was dead? Okay, number seven. Did you ever disobey your father or mother? <laughs> Guilty or innocent? Guilty or innocent? Did you ever disobey your father or your mother? Then, just to make it more definite, number eight. Did you ever talk back to your father or mother? Did you ever talk back to your father or mother? <laughs> Number nine. Number nine. Are you trying to write them down? Okay, I'll go slow. Did you ever talk back to your father or mother? Okay, number eight. Number nine. Listen. Did you ever take the Lord's name in vain? Did you ever take the Lord's name in vain? That means you use the name of God or you use the name of Jesus or you use the name of Christ in a wrong way. In a wrong way. That is to take the name of the Lord in vain. I know that you have heard the Lord's name taken in vain by your friends at school. I say, oh, God something. Or, oh, Christ something. Or, oh, Jesus something. I don't like to say the things because I don't like to take the Lord's name in vain. But that's to take the Lord's name in vain. To use the Lord's name as an expletive, that is, as an expression of anger. when you're hammering and you hit your thumb and you say you use the name of God God something I don't like to say you know okay did you ever take the Lord's name in vain guilty or innocent ten number ten the last question do you always love the Lord more than anything else do you always love the Lord more than anything else? Guilty or innocent? Always. Always means always. All the time. Now. Today. Yesterday. The day before. This week. Always. Do you always love the Lord more than anything else? Well... I'm going to let you grade the papers. I'm going to let you grade the papers. Let me find out. Who got ten innocents? Stand up. I'd like to meet you. Who got ten? Innocent. Every, every question, innocent, 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 innocent. I never told a lie. I never took something that wasn't mine. I never wished I had somebody else's, something that belonged to someone else. I never got angry and lost my temper. I never fought with someone or threatened anyone. I never got angry and wished someone was dead. I never disobeyed my mother or father. I never talked back to my mother or father. 
I never took the Lord's name in vain, and I always love the Lord more than anything else. Stand up if you answer yes to all these questions. Innocent. You see? Well, I'm not going to ask the other question. Who's guilty to all ten? Oh, okay, stand up. Stand up. Who's guilty to all ten? Oh, you are an honest bunch. Thank you. Thank you. You see? So, now where are you, guilty or innocent? Where are you, guilty or innocent? That's right. That's exactly right. You see, these ten questions, they don't cover every item. They don't cover every item, but these ten questions are based upon the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is God's moral law, the moral law that governs man's relationship to God and man's relationship to others. This is God's standard. This is God's standard for deciding who is guilty and who is innocent. And as we found out in our opening talk, guilty or innocent is a matter of judgment. It's a matter of judgment. It's a matter, it's a legal matter. It's a legal matter. Do you realize that in the universe, God is a righteous, just God. And God must maintain his universe according to his righteousness and according to his justice. So God has given us in the Bible a very easy way to find out where we are in relation to God. And the fact is that we are all guilty. We are all guilty. Maybe not, I don't know, I couldn't quite see whether every one of you stood up. Maybe somebody didn't stand up. Maybe you thought, well, I'm only guilty of one thing out of ten. But in God's view, God says, whoever is guilty in one point of the law is guilty of the whole thing. You see? So we have a big problem. <laughs> Where are we? Guilty or innocent? We're all guilty. We're all guilty. But my word to you this morning is not a negative word. One time, Brother Lee said to me, Brother Eugene, he said, to be wrong is one thing, but not to know that you're wrong is another thing. It's worse to be wrong and not to know we're wrong, because then there's no hope for us. If we think we're right, or if we think, as I did with my traffic ticket, if we think that we can argue our way out of being wrong, then there's no way for us. But when we realize that we're guilty, that we are condemned 
by the law of God. We are condemned by the standard of God. When we realize this, then there is hope for us. You see? Then there is hope for us. Of course, in the traffic court, I had to pay the $5. But in the heavenly court, in the heavenly court, everyone will one day stand before the Lord. And the Lord will say, guilty or innocent. And he will open up the books. He will open up the book, the record book. This is called the Great White Throne Judgment. The Great White Throne Judgment. When everyone will stand before the Lord. And the books will be opened. And the judgment will be passed on everyone whose name is not written in the book of life. That is, in everyone who's guilty. Everyone who's guilty will not, is not only condemned, but will be judged to the lake of fire. You know, God did not design the lake of fire for you and me. The Bible tells us clearly that the lake of fire was designed for Satan and his angels. But everyone who's guilty joins Satan in the lake of fire eternally with eternal punishment and eternal perdition. So we are all guilty and we're condemned already. This is why our conscience condemns us. Inwardly, we know, even last night, you, a number of you touched on this matter. Inwardly, you know, you know, you know. You're guilty inside. And the Lord gave us this precious gift of our conscience to condemn us, to condemn us not to judge us to the lake of fire, but to rescue us from the lake of fire to realize that we are guilty is not to send us to judgment but to rescue us from judgment because in God's court if we admit that we are guilty then there is another one there who will take all the guilt away from us if we believe in him and that is the Lord Jesus. You read the verses in Isaiah 53. So I come back to Isaiah 53. That's why I hope that you would memorize these verses. In verses 5 and 6, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, sorry. Verse 4. He hath, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. 
All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. We saw that in the last meeting. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, we all stand guilty before God. But the Lord Jesus came to take all the guilt, all the blame, all the punishment, and all the judgment for all your sins. Praise the Lord. Jesus came to bear in Himself to be wounded for our transgressions. You know what that means? That means that we should have been there. You should have been there. I should have been there. Being punished by God on the cross. But the Lord Jesus, He went to the cross. He bore all the punishment that was due to us. He bore all the judgment that was due to us. He was the dearly beloved, only begotten Son of God. But God loved you and me so much that He gave His only begotten Son to die instead of you, to take the judgment instead of you, to take the punishment instead of you, so that you could be innocent. You could be innocent. I just proved by ten questions that you're all guilty. But listen, now I have good news. The good news is we're all guilty, but we can all be innocent. We can all be innocent. I have, I think that was in 1951 or 1952, I have a black mark on my driver's record. No left turn, guilty. That will always be there. <laughs> Right? No matter how long I live, the black mark is there. But listen, in the heavenly court, it's not like that. In the heavenly court, the Lord Jesus came, and He came to take all your sins, all your guilty pleas to all these questions, and He takes all the guilt on Himself. And he took all those sins, and Peter says in 1 Peter 2.24, it says, he bore, he carried all our sins in his body onto the cross. Can you imagine? Just there's 300 people here. My goodness, what a big mountain of sin just from 300 people. 300 times 10 guilty pleas is 3,000. 3,000 sins minimum times all the times we committed those sins. Suppose 3,000 sins we committed an average of five times each. That's 15,000 sins just in this group here. 300 people. 15,000 sins. I think that's very conservative. How many times did you disobey your parents? How many times did you talk back? How many times did you not tell the truth? Okay, you don't have to answer. (laughs) I want you to see what a big, big mountain, a big mountain higher than this gym. This gym could not contain all your sins if they were piled up one on the other. 
Yet all this load of sin the Lord Jesus took in His body, His body as a man, as the God-man, His body as the Lamb of God. He took all these sins and He carried all these sins and the sins of the whole world. My goodness! Thousands of years and millions of people. What a load of sin. What a load of sin. You know, that load of sin was so terrible that in the second three hours, you know, the Lord Jesus was on the cross for six hours. In the second three hours, it even made his Father God to turn his back on him. All the suffering he went through in the first three hours at the hands of men was nothing compared to the fact that God turned his back on him. And he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because of your sins and because of my sins. Because they were all on him. They were all there, piled up. And he took God's judgment for all those sins. Why? So that you could be innocent. So that you could be innocent. So we need to realize that the Lord Jesus took all our guilt to the cross and He bore it all for us. And by His stripes, that is by what He suffered, the beating, the suffering that He went through, we are healed. Healed from what? Healed from guilt. Healed from guilt. We're healed from the guilt of all our sins. And because He went through the judgment, we don't have to face the judgment. So when that great judgment day comes, if we are saved by Him now, we will not be there in that day. Everyone who believes in Him will be taken away before that final judgment day. Only the ones who have not believed in Him only the ones who still have their own guilt on them. So we all need to come and say, Lord, take my sins away. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you want to bear your sin? Yes or no? Do you want to bear the load of your sin? Yes or no? Do you want Him to bear the load of your sin? Yes. We want Him because He wants to. It's not that we're being mean to Him. He wants to. He came to do this. He came to bear our sins. He came to take our sins away. He came to suffer all the judgment. He already did it. He already did it. It's done. If we believe in Him, if we believe in Him, that He died for me and He died for you. 
You need to believe that the Lord Jesus died instead of you. You need to repent of all the guilty pleas. You just say, guilty, I repent, Lord. Guilty, I repent, Lord. The purpose of my asking you these ten questions was so that you would confess. You wouldn't hide your sin. You'd confess, guilty. That's all the Lord wants. We just have to say, Lord, I'm guilty, but you bore my guilt. I'm sinful, but you bore my sin. I'm a transgressor, but you bore my transgression. All my sin and all my guilt was carried by you to the cross. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you are the Savior from all my sin. So we must believe. We must believe in Him as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as the one who bore all our sins in His own body on the tree. And if we believe in Him, listen to this. John 3.17 says, For God did not send the Son into the world that he might judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So Jesus came not to judge the world, so we don't have to be afraid of him. When he comes seeking us, we don't have to hide. When he comes to find us, we don't have to run away and be lost. When he comes to remind us that we are guilty, we don't have to be condemned. We don't have to remain under the judgment that the whole world will suffer one day because He didn't come to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Then it goes on in verse 18, John 3:18 says, He who believes in Him is not judged. You know what that means? He who believes in Him is innocent. I paid my fine for my offense, but the guilty plea is still there. But listen, when the Lord Jesus pays the fine for your offense, the guilty plea is taken away. Not guilty. Not guilty. You were guilty. But when he takes your guilt, then you're not guilty. This is God's court. <laughs> I like God's court better than the New York City traffic court. Man, I made up my mind. I will never go to the New York City traffic court again. Whatever it is, I just pay just to stay out of that terrible place. Well, God's court is different. Because when we plead guilty to God saying, Lord, I am guilty. I have sinned. Please, forgive me. Wash away my sins. Then he takes away the sin. And he takes away the guilt that goes with the sin. And it's as if we have never sinned. Oh, I like to be as if I've never sinned. Innocent. I like to be innocent. Don't you like to be innocent? Do you like to be guilty or innocent? Innocent. I like to be innocent. 
That means to have the sin taken away, to have the guilt taken away, to have the condemnation taken away, and to have the judgment taken away. Then we never have to face that coming day of judgment. You know, when the Lord begins to come back, when the Lord begins to come back, you know what the men of this world will do? The men of this world will go to hide themselves, asking the mountains to hide them from the presence of the Lord, because the judgment of the Lord is coming. Adam began by hiding. At the end of this age, men will continue to be hiding from God. Well, here we are, seeking God. Here we are, found by God. Here we are, made innocent by God. Oh, hallelujah. This is our dear Lord Jesus. When we believe into him, from all our guilt, from all our condemnation, and from all our judgment, then your conscience can be free. <laughs> no more guilt. Don't you like to have no more guilt? Oh, hallelujah. All we have to do is repent. Repent, listen. You know what repent means? Repent means to change your mind. You think you're not that bad. But you need to realize you really are that bad. You think there's an excuse or an explanation that will get you through in that day, but you need to have a change of mind. You need to have a change in your concept. In God's view, there's no excuse. There's only guilt. So you need to repent and change your mind about yourself. You think, I'm pretty good. Maybe I'll make it. You know, in the world, people think that the Lord is going to use a kind of scale and weigh everything. Everything you did good on one side and everything you did bad on the other side. But let me tell you, one sin on the negative side takes that side of the scale down to the pit. No matter what you pile on the other side, it will never budge that balance. It won't move it. One sin takes that side down. But we've got, we have 15,000 sins or more in this room. You think you can pile up enough good things to budget? No. No. That's not God's way. That's the natural way, the way of natural religion. Be good and God will overlook your sins. God cannot overlook any sin because he's a holy, righteous God. But all he can do is look at Jesus. If all your sins are taken by Jesus and you believe in this Savior, then all your sins are gone. I still like that chorus, gone, 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 yes, my sins are gone. Buried in the sea and in my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally. Praise God, my sins are gone. This is what the Lord does. He takes away the sin of the world. He takes away the guilt. He takes away the condemnation in our conscience. And he takes away the coming judgment. Then what's left? Innocent! So where are you today? If you believe in him, if you believe in him, and you confess your sin to him, you say, Lord, I'm guilty. Take away all my sin. Lord Jesus, cleanse me.
with your precious blood. Thank you, you died for me. Thank you, you carried all my sins up to the cross. Thank you, you bore all my guilt. Thank you, you bore all my condemnation. Thank you, you were judged so that I don't have to be judged. Lord, I take you as my Savior. Then you're free. You're free. You're free from sin. You're free from guilt. You're free from condemnation. And you're free from judgment. A fourfold freedom. Wonderful freedom by believing in him. Whoever doesn't believe is judged already. But if you believe now, that judgment can be removed. Praise the Lord. Where are you? Guilty or innocent? Guilty. First, you have to say guilty. Where are you? Guilty or innocent? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Do you believe he took your sins away? Do you repent of your sins? Now, where are you, guilty or innocent? Innocent! innocent. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! By believing in such a wonderful, dear Lord Jesus. Young people, this is God's love to you. This is God's love to you. So even my 10 questions, even God's law, even God's law. Yes, it exposes us, but it exposes us so that we can be saved. If we're guilty and we don't know we're guilty, we would never believe in the Savior. So this is not a punishment to us. This is a blessing to us. It's a deep blessing to know that you're wrong. It's a deep blessing to know that you're guilty. It's a deep blessing to know you're sinful because when you know it, then you can repent to the Lord and he can take it all away. Praise the Lord. This Lord Jesus is so dear and so precious. And he shed his precious blood on the cross to wash away all our sins, to wash away all our sins. So we all need to believe in him. We all need to confess to him. We all need to confess our sins. We need to say, Lord, I'm guilty. And this is not something that we just do once. Just like maybe you got found a month ago, but then you got lost again. You got away from home. So maybe you repented a month ago, but then some sins piled up in the meantime. Well, those sins that we commit after we are saved, they affect our fellowship with God. They don't bring us under the eternal judgment. Once we confess our sins to the Lord, all our sins are taken away. But then sometimes we have some condemnation. We still sin. So John tells us in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So whether this is the first time for you or whether this is a kind of renewing time, you all need to confess your sins to the Lord so that you can all be renewed and refreshed. If this is the first time, then all the judgment and condemnation is gone. If you believed in the Lord before, still you need to confess again so that you can enjoy the fellowship 
and so that you can get rid of the guilty conscience that the Lord uses to bring you back to him again and again. So right now, let's close our eyes again. I want you all to pray. This time, you just pray to the Lord. You say, Lord Jesus, in your heart, you just speak to the Lord. Don't speak to your neighbor. Don't speak to anyone else. Close your eyes. I still like, don't look around. So nobody would be self-conscious. Close your eyes, boys. Boys, close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Stop talking. Stop talking. Close your eyes. Just close your eyes. So no one would be self-conscious. You just talk to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I confess. Lord Jesus, I am guilty. I'm guilty of so many things, so many times. But I repent. I have no excuse. I just repent. Lord Jesus, take away my sins. Lord Jesus, wash me in your precious blood. Cleanse me in your precious blood. Take away the load of guilt. Take away the condemnation in my conscience. Take away the coming judgment. Lord, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you took all my sins away on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. You just tell the Lord in a very simple way. Anything you're conscious of, you just confess to the Lord. Lord, I'm guilty. Forgive me. Forgive me again. Cleanse me again. Wash my sins away again. Okay, let's all pray together. Keep your eyes closed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, you died for me. Thank you, you took all my sins away. Thank you, you took all my guilt away. Thank you, you took away all the condemnation. Thank you, you took the judgment for me. Lord, I take you as my Savior. Cleanse me with your precious blood. Take away all my sins. I give myself to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, let's sing number 239. Don't talk. Just pull out the book, 239, and then we'll have a little time for some testimonies. Some of you are quite eager, so you can testify anything from either the first message or the second message this morning, okay? What can wash away my sin? Nothing. 239, it's 10.08 in the other book. 239, 10.08 in the hymn book. Okay, let's all read the first verse. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow 
that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay, brothers, verse 2. For my cleansing this I see, nothing but the blood of Jesus. For my pardon this my plea, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Sisters, verse 3. Nothing can my sin erase, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. Not of works, tis all of grace. Amen. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Altogether, verse 4. This is all my hope and peace, nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Okay. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood Okay, we have to say innocent by the blood. Where are you, guilty or innocent? Where are you, guilty or innocent? Where are you without the blood? Amen. Now testify something. <laughs> 